The meeting of the Broward County Commission is about to begin. Will all audience members please silence your cell phones? For those viewing from home or on mobile devices, thank you for... The meeting of the Broward County Commission is about to begin. Will all audience members please silence your cell phones? For those viewing from home or on mobile devices, thank you for watching. To stay informed about Broward County government, please visit Broward.org or follow us on social media. County Commission meetings are open to the public. Members of the public wishing to be heard on any agenda item can register one of two ways. Visit registertospeak.broward.org and fill out the online registration form. Or scan the QR code posted in various locations inside and just outside the Commission chambers to register on your mobile device. A registration form must be completed for each item you wish to speak on. If you have trouble registering digitally, visit County Administration on the fourth floor for assistance. All speakers must appear in person. No further speaker signups will be accepted after an item has been called. Please show respect for others and refrain from making impertinent, slanderous remarks or personal attacks. Boisterous behavior, including applause, booing, and cheering is not permitted. Thank you for joining us. The meeting will begin shortly. Looks like I have a lot of pool here, doesn't it? Nobody's listening. <laughs> okay, Commissioners, Commissioner Furr, Commissioner Bogan, Commissioner Keller. Okay. Got the... Ladies and gentlemen, if I can have your attention, please. Thank you. Take your seats, please. Well, good morning. We're going to call the order of the Broward County Board of County Commissioners meeting this Tuesday, April 4, 2023 at 10.05 a.m. We ask you now to please stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Mr. Dunlap, Phil Dunlap, would you please come lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance as our cultural guru, uh, followed by some moments of science we'll talk about. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America 
and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Please remain standing, ladies and gentlemen. It is customary that we observe a moment of silence in honor of notable persons from our community who have recently passed. We'll start with our colleagues. Um, Mr. Rogers, do you have anybody? Mrs. Hansen. Senator Geller? Um, yes, sir. Uh, two, actually. First, uh, many of us know of <coughs> Shelley Spivak, who uh, was many things to many of us. She worked for Congressman Larry Smith for a while. She was a uh, well known lobbyist in Tallahassee, excuse me, locally. Just an all around good person, uh, well known in the Hollywood community. And Shelley passed away recently, and services are going to be uh, noon at Beth David Memorial Gardens in Hollywood, and then a celebration of her life will be held at her house from 2 o'clock to 6 p.m. on Friday. Also, um, we lost about a week ago uh, former state representative Sam Bell, actually Sam Bell III. Sam was a state rep in Tallahassee from in 1974 to 1988, served as chair of the Appropriations and the Rules Committees. Anybody that knows Tallahassee knows that those are uh, very powerful committees. He was actually scheduled to be my first speaker. I was elected in 88. He was scheduled to be speaker in 88 and in a upset lost uh, his reelection, even though he was scheduled to be the next speaker. Uh, Sam uh, was also married to someone that we all know, former uh, senator, former education commissioner, Betty Castor. Um, they had a, a great family. Uh, Sam was a tireless advocate in many issues, particularly in children's issues. And he was, there's a couple people that, you know, you reserve the name, you know, one of the lions of the legislature. And Sam was definitely one of those people, an all-around good person. And Florida is diminished by both the loss of Shelley Spivak and Sam Bell. Thank you, Senator. Commissioner Furr? Thank you. I think, I think many of us were saddened by the passing of Shelley Spivak. Um, I was first introduced to her by my predecessor, Sue, Sue Gunsberger, who was uh, her best friend. And uh, I had a chance to have a lot of lunches with Shelley at Jack's Diner. Uh, in Hollywood, she was a uh, US uh, she was a Hollywoodian, all the way down to her core, and I, I loved speaking with her because she was as frank as you could be. Um, was you know, just tell you how it how it was, but she really wanted to see really good government. She was at, at her heart. She wanted to see good government, good community, and uh, for all those, I think we're all going to be missing her a lot. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, actually, the same two people uh, that have been discussed. Um, just about Sam Bell, I never had the opportunity to serve with him, but he was a mentor to me when I got to the legislature, and uh, he was extremely helpful to me uh, in uh, passing a piece of legislation for kid care in 2009 that was passed on the first day of the Senate session that year, but was not passed until the very last day of the session on the House side. And uh, he just stuck with it, lobbied, advocated, along with several of his buddies up there. He was such a champion for children. And uh, I just, uh, I, he's just going to be so sorely missed. Most recently, I've been working with him 
on the Florida Leadership Council, uh, where he has been very concerned about the direction that we're going in terms of our democracy and academic freedom. So he uh, he will be he will be sorely missed, and my condolences certainly go out to Betty Castor, to Betty and the family. Um, I do want to mention also Shelley Spivak. Um, I had gotten calls from both uh, Bob Butterworth and Marta Prado, who are dear friends of hers, and, and Sue Gunsberger, and it was a very upsetting time. Uh, you know, I, I've known Shelley since uh, the 80s when she worked for Congressman Larry Smith, and then I was fortunate enough to work with her in the legislature, and then now here. Uh, she had a, an amazing background, uh, for those of you who might not be aware. She was such a, a, a champion of the arts down in Miami. She was the chair of the uh, Coconut Grove Playhouse Board. <coughs> she, she was uh, involved with the Duke School of the Arts. Uh, most recently, though, I want to say that uh, uh, she was so committed to changing things and helping make things better in Hollywood, especially for the homeless. And it's a very frustrating experience and a very frustrating job, as we all know, because uh, it's, it's difficult to, in terms of people wanting to have homeless programs or affordable housing programs or whatever but in their areas, but she just wasn't giving up and uh, she never gave up. She was a tough lady, but a kind, wonderful person who really cared about the right things and cared about people, so she will also be sorely missed. Commissioner Eugene. Commissioner Bogan. No, nothing more I can say. Uh, I, I mentioned last commission meeting to pray for the life of Fred Hall, a gentleman that was struck by a police chase, not the police officers that hit him, but the murderer they were chasing pinned this gentleman against his office door. One early morning as he was opening up his auto body shop, second generation, well-known family. He transitioned a week ago, and I just want us to keep his family uh, in prayer. And uh, it's, it's tough. This, this guy was going to work. He was going to work. Opened the door of his office, pinned, and he's no longer here. Not speaking badly about the police chase, but an innocent person died that day. Fred Hall, four generations of Halls in our community, business owners, and people that give back all the time. I want to recognize uh, Mark Zinrim, who was one of our security officers at the Government Center West, who passed away last week. I want to keep him and his family in our prayers as well. Let's also honor all the brave men and women who have served and continue to serve in our armed forces, both here and abroad, and thank them for their service. A moment of silence, please. Thank you. Take your seats, please. Well, today's music was brought to us by Commissioner Hazel Rogers. Uh, the artist is Empress Unique, which we'll hear about momentarily, I believe. Uh, song one was Walk Through This World With Me, and song two was Put It Down. Um, so thank you for those excellent uh, music selections. I do want to understand, I want to introduce uh, 
Commissioner Rogers so she can talk about our artist. I believe she is here this morning. Yes, Mr. Mayor, colleagues, Lady Empress Unique, can you please stand? Dynamic, powerful, resonating, yet sweet, <clears throat> describes this beautiful lady and her voice. I'm honored to have her give of her talents, shared her talents with us this morning. I hope we have one more piece for the audience. So thank you, I just want to say thank you. Jamaica loves you, we love you, and I'll see you at Unifest in the city of Lauderdale Lakes. You might not be singing, but I know you will be in the audience dancing, and I will be right beside you because we love to dance. Thank you for sharing your talents with us this morning. So Mike, would you play the additional song?
the floor is back to you. Because we can stay good. here all afternoon, Very all good. morning. Hey. Having a good time. <laughs> Thank you. Lady Empress Unique for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. Very good. All righty. Let's uh, now I have three proclamations that are going to be presented this morning. We'll begin with Water Conservation Month. We'll be presented by Commissioner Bean Fur, representatives from the City of Coral Springs, City of Deerfield Beach, City of Hollywood, City of Miramar, City of Plantation, City of Fort Lauderdale, and the City of Pembroke Pines. Those representatives are here. Please join Commissioner Fur for Water Conservation Month. Thank you, Mayor. First of all, it's great to hear the local talent. That was, that was nice to hear. A lot of, a lot of good stuff. And I know Philip, Philip's here, so I know we're, we're trying to pull together all the singers, songwriters, all that stuff together. So when we can do that, it'd be great. Um, today, we have a, a number of cities joining us. Claudia Alzate from the city of Coral Springs. Is Claudia here? Um, Mike Purcell and Adrian uh, Mokanu from City of Deerfield Beach, Glenn Hadwin from City of Fort Lauderdale, Luis Montoya and Vincent Morella from City of Hollywood, Francois Dumont from the City of Miramar, Julie Fisher from the City of Pembroke Pines, Joanne Williams and Danielle Polio from the City of Plantation. And we're here for Water Conservation Month. And for those I think most of us know, our history in Broward is one of water, uh, managing it, draining the swamp, uh, channeling it, whatever we can do. And our futures depend on it as well, um, figuring out how to preserve it and how to make sure that we have quality of water for, for uh, our, genera our kids and their, and their kids. This is the 25th anniversary of the Water Conservation Month, and we can, we can only do this with our partners. It is, uh, you know, to, to be able to preserve uh, the water that's, that our, is our, our drinking water supply for two million people. You get two million people with a straw <laughs> every single day taking a sip out of that. And it's, uh, and it's, uh, it's not easy. But you guys, um, all the cities, 15 different cities have been helping with the county to make sure that we have been able to pres preserve our water supply. And uh, thank you for it. So with that, uh, whereas water is a basic and essential need for every living creature, and clean and sustainable water resources are vital, vital to the environment, economy, and quality of life enjoyed throughout Florida and in Broward County. And whereas Broward County, municipal and water utility partners, water management districts, the state of Florida, and the school board of Broward County are working together to increase awareness about the importance of water conservation. And whereas Broward County has always encouraged and supported water conservation through various educational programs and special events, and whereas every business, industry, school, and resident can make a difference when it comes to conserving water and promote a healthy economy and community, and whereas household leaks can waste nearly 10,000 gallons of water annually, 10% of homes have leaks that waste 90 gallons or more per day, fixing leaks inside and outside of home and business can save valuable water and money, and whereas Broward County is calling upon each resident and businesses to help protect our precious resources by practicing water safety measures and becoming more aware of the need to save water. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the board hereby designates April 2023 as Water Conservation Month in Broward County, Florida, for this, the 25th year of Water Conservation Month, with special focus on fixing leaks 
at all forms of water loss signed by our mayor, Lamar Fisher. And let me just say, in addition to that, one of the main things that we've been able to do, and for people that don't know, if you're putting in a new toilet, you, you can get a rebate, rebate on that. And all these cities, all 15 cities, are helping on that. And so with that, if we can do a picture on this, would anybody like to speak? Anybody wish to say a few words? No, no. Nobody wants to, one nobody wants to speak? Okay, okay. With that, I will, uh, let me pass these out. And then we'll do a picture. We'll definitely take a picture. So everybody can come forward here in front of the dais. That would be great. Thank you, Commissioner Furr, for that presentation. Our next proclamation will be in honor of Second Chance Month, presented by Commissioner Hazel Rogers to Joshua Brown, I believe. Commissioner, Mr. Brown, would you please join uh, at the front podium? Good morning, everyone, to our listeners, those in the virtual world. I'm Hazel Rogers, County Commissioner for District 9, and I'm so honored and privileged. Thank you, Mayor, for the opportunity to sure. present this proclamation. And it reads, whereas Second Chance Month reaffirms the importance of helping people who were formerly incarcerated re-enter society and live in a meaningful and productive life, whereas it's estimated that over 640,000 people are released from state and federal prison each year and more than 70 million Americans have a criminal record that creates significant barriers to employment and economic stability. Whereas because of numerous legal and regulatory laws, nearly 75% of people who were formerly incarcerated are still unemployed one year after being released. And whereas, in addition to employment, individuals with a criminal history often struggle to find housing, community acceptance, and face significant financial debt that arises as a result of their conviction and incarceration. And whereas these barriers often result in repeat offenses, which increases victimization and decreases public safety efforts and whereas allowing a person to have a second chance reinforces the belief that every person should be treated with dignity and respect. And whereas by focusing on prevention, re-entry, and social support, 
we as a society affirm that a second chance ensures opportunity for all. Now therefore be it proclaimed by Broward County Board of Commissioners that the board hereby proclaims April 23rd as second chance month in Broward County. We value you and I'm gonna allow you to speak. Take a moment to just express your experiences and welcome home. Good morning, Mayor, Vice Mayor's Commissioner. Um, actually, I wasn't affected by these policies, but we have loved ones that has. And so it's my duty, like Vice Mayor said, to advocate, to champion for these individuals, to give them the voice, to give them the opportunity to let their stories be heard and to champion with them. So as that being said, we start with this city and we navigate and we set the bar for the rest of the state to start recognizing April as second chance month like our neighboring counties and our neighboring states. So Step Up is just doing the, the, the grassroots work in the community to advocate for these individuals to say, hey, you made a mistake. Let's rectify that mistake and here's your second chance. So with the honor of Commissioner Rogers and the rest of the other commissioners and vice mayor and mayor, I want to say thank you on the behalf of a returning citizen and the community for recognizing these individuals in the month of April. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Kali, no, he's not going anywhere. This, he is passionate about making sure he's a face for second chancers, and we all believe in that, so thank you all very much. All right, let's cut, uh, Commissioner Rogers will have a picture taken as well. One last thing, I have the walk coming April 22nd. It will be at Delavoe Park Trail. Uh, if anyone want to come, you, if you register, you will get a t-shirt, second chance of uh, matter t-shirt. And the walk is April 22nd from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. post. You're going to hear success stories of individuals who actually live this experience. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Come forward. With the, yes. Senator Geller. I wanted to briefly comment before you take a picture. Um, while I was in the legislature, this is one of my top issues because what a lot of people don't realize, it's not, the second chance is important, but the part of the problem is that the legislature has been making more and more, seems like it's an annual year, uh, annual circumstance that if you've committed this crime, then you can't work in these fields. If you commit that crime, you can't work. When you look at the cumulative effect of that, there are hardly any professions left where you can earn a reasonable living where the state says, all right, go out and rehabilitate yourself and go out and, and get a good job and sin no more. But they prevent you from doing that by preventing so many people from getting any jobs that can earn a reasonable living. And I, this is something that not enough people are paying attention to, and we have to. We have to understand. I mean, unless the concept is that once you commit your first crime, we assume you're never going to get, you, you will always be in prison, which would not be a good idea. We have to understand better that people need the opportunity to get the training and get into acceptable 
uh, you know, jobs and careers that will pay a living, and that this seems to go against everything the legislature stands for these days. Thank you, Commissioner Rogers, for that presentation. <laughs> our, last, uh, uh, our last proclamation is for Child Abuse Prevention Month, presented by our own Vice Mayor Nan Rich, and will be presented to Kerry Ann Brown, which is a volunteer recruiter from the statewide Guardian Ad Litem office. Ms. Brown, welcome. Anyone else that wants to come forward, please come forward. Uh, okay. So, if you're a guardian ad litem, you can come up. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, this is a, I, this is one of my greatest pleasures uh, every year uh, to to present a proclamation to the guardian ad litem program. I go back a long way with this program, uh, as Carrie Ann knows. And by the way, these these folks here, and, and she is a recruiter for the Broward, not the statewide, but the Broward. And so there's some changes are gonna be made. We're gonna redo the proclamation so that it's clearly understood. Uh, there's a statewide program, and I'll tell you about that in one second, but then there's the individual programs, and all of these people work for or volunteer with the Guardian Ad Litem program in Broward County. Um, and this program, Guardian Ad Litem, started in 1980. It was passed by the legislature not the statewide office, but the guardian ad litem program itself uh, in the individual circuits. And um, it, was, it, it wasn't until 2003 that uh, a bill was passed, and I'm proud to say that I sponsored it, uh, creating the statewide office of the guardian ad litem program. And the reason was because we didn't have uh, a level playing field, even training across the state for all the circuits. And it was very important that everybody have that kind of training and be prepared to be a guardian ad litem. So that was a sign, and I have to say, it was a different day, um, as it was signed by Governor Jeb Bush, who supported heavily the statewide office of the guardian ad litem program and signed the legislation. So let me, um, let me just say one thing, that it's been proven how important it is to have someone in the court who is specifically there to protect the best interest of the child. 
and the guardian ad litem is the person, the only person in the court who has that specific role. So that's why what they do is so incredibly important. So I'll read the proclamation. Whereas April is National Child Abuse Prevention Month and April 16th uh, to the 22nd, 2023 is National Volunteer Week. And whereas the statewide guardian ad litem program provides representation for abused, abandoned, and neglected children in the dependency court proceedings, and whereas the statewide guardian ad litem program's current model of representation is nationally recognized as best practice because it uses multidisciplinary, the multidisciplinary team model that includes a guardian ad litem, uh, and a guardian ad litem attorney, a child, wear, child welfare professional, and a trained volunteer or pro bono attorney. Whereas for 43 years, the guardian ad litem program has provided the most vulnerable children in Florida with an adult from their community who is consistent, a consistent positive presence in the child's life. And whereas the statewide guardian ad litem office created in 2003 provides high quality community advocacy and legal representation to protect each child's rights and legal interests. And whereas for 20 years, the, guardian, the statewide guardian ad litem program has provided independent legal advocacy for hundreds of thousands of vulnerable children located throughout Florida. Whereas the statewide guardian ad litem program had more than 11,000 volunteers, that's statewide, and advocated for more than 36,000 abused and neglected children in Florida in 2022. Whereas the guardian ad litem program in the 17th Judicial Circuit, Broward County, oversees a volunteer base of 490 people and advocates for more than 1,500 abused, abandoned, and neglected children in Broward County. Whereas the statewide guardian ad litem pro bono attorneys sacrifice, sacrifice time worth over $3.6 million in in-kind donations to the state of Florida. And whereas the statewide guardian ad litem program volunteers sacrifice time and mileage worth millions of dollars annually to the state of Florida, and they've provided an invaluable service to dependency court judges. And whereas studies show that children with a, with a volunteer guardian ad litem are more likely to be adopted, half as likely to re-enter foster care, less likely to spend time in long-term foster care, more likely to have a permanency plan, and more likely to perform well in school. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates the month of April 2023 as Child Abuse Prevention and Volunteer Appreciation Month in Broward County, Florida. Good morning, um, Mayor Fisher. Thank you for having me here, and Vice Mayor Rich for making this happen again this year. Um, I want to also um, just recognize that our circuit director, Cassandra Phillips, is here this morning with us. And um, I just want to say thank you to all our volunteers that have stepped up and make a big difference in our children's lives and all those pro bono attorneys that have stepped in to advocate for children and it's sad that i'm still here today <laughs> again this year but we still have our children that we need to advocate for so my plea also is in ending is 
if you're a pro bono attorney, volunteer with us, you know, everyday person, you know, it does, you don't have to have a skill, a legal skill just to advocate for our children. So, you know, we're always looking for volunteers to step in and be that voice for that child. And the, the great part about it is that you just have to visit with the child once a month. If you want to do more, you can. Mm -hmm. So think about it based on how many people we have living in Broward County. If even one person out of every hundred would step up and advocate for our children, it would make such a big impact for our office and speaking up for our children in care. And just to show <clears throat> you know, that we are a part of this cause and advocating for children. Tomorrow in Broward County, a lot of community partners have come together and tomorrow is Wear Blue Day in our county. So I ask everyone to spread the word um, and share that if we see something, we need to say something about our children in care. So, um, so if you want to volunteer or become a pro bono attorney, information is there on our guardianadlitum.org. Um, and you'll have, you know, where you can go in and just put your information in, whether you want to volunteer with us or become a pro bono attorney. And um, you'll be directed to our um, circuit here in Broward County. So thank you everyone that was not able to be here today or volunteers we just want to say thank you and for all volunteers across all agencies that support our children in care thank you for all that you do yes good morning again um i just wanted to add something to what vice mayor said and as well as carrie ann um, Brown, our recruiter, said, it would be remiss for me as the circuit director for Broward County not to actually thank Broward County um, for assisting with our office as well as the other community providers in our, um, in our catchment area that aid our families, uh, which includes our vulnerable children and their families in regards to services. Um, we are a community that works very closely together and a lot of the programs that the commission does support does aid in our ability to effectively advocate for our children on a daily basis. And as Carrie Ann in, um, indicated, you know, we always in the need of volunteers. Um, um, there's no particular skill set that you must have, but you need to have a caring heart. You have to care about what's best for other people. And in that, I guess I'll close because it kind of uh, uh, Vice Mayor Rich pretty much explained everything. You took my thunder, but that's okay. Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you, for, thank you for the county for supporting us, supporting the programs that's out there. They do make a difference. And again, our volunteers, um, those are here or looking in or just, uh, we appreciate everything that they do because it wasn't for the volunteers being a part of the multidisciplinary team we will not be able to advocate the way that we do. So thank you. Thank you so much. Let's now take a picture we can, Vice Mayor, of everybody. Um, could we get a few more people on? <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, Vice Mayor. Thank you for all those who came today to celebrate uh, that, that uh, proclamation. Thank you so much. As we're back in our seats, I'd like to um, again welcome Georgina Rivera, our reading clerk today. Welcome back, Georgina. I'd like you to read the Tuesday morning memo, if you would. Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are within 27. Public hearing items are 28 through 31. Regular items are 32 through 45. I request the following withdrawals and scrivener error corrections and inclusion of additional information. Withdrawals, deferral, substitutions. Item number 33, at the request of the speaker, the delegation request is being deferred to the May 2nd, 2023 commission meeting. Scrivener errors. Item number 14 currently reads from Palm Beach County Rural Residential to Future Land Use to Commerce. Should read from Palm Beach County Rural Residential 10, Future Land Use to Commerce. Item number 28 currently reads, recorded in official records book 27771, page 73 of Broward County, Florida. Should read, recorded in official records book 27771, page 73 of the official records of Broward County, Florida. Item number 29 currently reads, recorded in official records book 18128, page 934 of Broward County, Florida, should read recorded in official records book 18128, page 934 of the official records of Broward County, Florida. Additional information, item number 20, the board's consideration of this item will be based on the agreement as modified by the additional material. Item number 39, the board's consideration of this item will be based on the amendment distributed as additional material. Item number 40, Commissioner Mark Bogan requests to be added as a co-sponsor. Mayor requests without objection, items 37, 38, 39, and 44 be moved to consent. Additional material, regular meeting, items 1B and 1C, Board appointments. Item number 20, proposed agreement amendment submitted by the Office of the County Attorney. Item number 39, agreement submitted by Finance and Administrative Services Department. Item number 41, memo to the board submitted by County Administration. Additional material public hearing. Item number 31, memo to the board submitted by Resilient Environment Department. Thank you very much. We are now under a consent agenda. I'm going to ask for any polls, beginning with Vice Mayor Rich. Any polls? Yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, uh, number four for an abstention. Very good. Commissioner Bogan? No polls. Commissioner Dean? No polls. Myself, no polls. Senator Geller? None, sir. Commissioner Furr? 18. 18. Commissioner Ryan? None. Commissioner McKenzie? None, sir. And Commissioner Rogers? None. Very good. County Administrator? Very good. County Attorney? A wonderful county auditor. And last but not least, any public, Ms. Campbell. Very good. Okay, I'll ask our county attorney to uh, read the consent for consideration for approval. Thank you, Mayor. The uh, consent agenda for this morning uh, would be uh, items 1 through 27, minus the following two items, uh, item 4 for an abstention, and item 18 was pulled by Commissioner Furr. And then adding to the consent agenda are items 37, 38, 39, and 44. Mayor moves approval. Senator Geller moves it. Commissioner Dean seconds it. And I'd want to remind everybody today that uh, we want to make sure that your voice is heard in the microphone. I guess our voices aren't coming over when we do vote. So county attorney says, please, with enthusiasm, say yay or nay, if you would, okay? All in favor say aye. 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 <laughs> Opposed? <laughs> Motion carries unanimously, nine to zero. Where, where is that guy? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, item four, Ms. Rivera. Item four is a motion to approve agreement between Broward County and the Area-Wide Council on Aging of Broward County, Inc. for senior services in Broward County and supplemental rollover funds to purchase electronic devices for eligible seniors. 
Very good. Vice Mayor Rich? Yes, thank you. Um, I serve on the board of the Area-Wide Council on Aging, which will be financially impacted. If item four passes, I do not receive any compensation for serving on this <coughs> board, and I therefore have no actual statutory voting conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, I'm abstaining on item four and ask that this be reflected in the minutes. Is there a motion? Move it. And moved by Commissioner Bogan. Second. Second. Second by Commissioner McKenzie. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you so much for that. Item number. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Eight, I'm sorry. 8-0 with, with a one abstention. <laughs> eight to one. Okay. Apologize. Thank you for that. Vice Mayor. <clears throat> Item number 18. 18. Item 18 is a motion to approve agreement between Broward County and Carol J. Brees for employment as the Broward County Inspector General commencing on May 2nd, 2023. Thank you. Commissioner Furrow, you pulled this item? I did. Thank you. And I'm really just taking this moment to thank our Inspector General. He is going to be retiring uh, May 1st, I believe, and Carol Brees will be taking his place. In the 12 years since he's been in that position as Inspector General, I think he's done a very good job. I think our county has been has been better for it. I think when I when I listen and when, it, when we go a chance to either national events or um, even throughout the state, when I see the way that Broward County um, deals with this deals with this ethics and the, and the laws that surround it, um, I think it's something we can be proud of. And he was our first inspector general, and I think he as 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 it is with whoever's the first person in one of those positions, it's very important how they conduct themselves because it, it kind of sets a precedent for, for those who follow. Carol Brees will be following him uh, in, his, uh, uh, in her position, and I wish her well, and I wish um, Inspector General John Scott the best. Thank you very much. Is there a motion? Moved. Second. Moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Commissioner Rogers. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you. I didn't hear how Commissioner McKenzie voted. <laughs> <laughs> I voted. Um, yeah, that's it. He voted by the way. That All right, that concludes, yes. that concludes our consent agenda. We are now on our public hearings, which is item 28 through 31. We'll begin with item 28. It's Rivera, thank you. The public hearing on item 28 is now open. Item 28 is a motion to adopt resolution releasing a 20-foot variable width access and utility easement as recorded in official records book 27771, page 73 in the city of Deerfield Beach. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Move approval. Okay, public portion closed. Move it. Moved by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Bogan. Any further discussion? No, I, excuse me, Mayor, I moved it. No, you were talking to McKenzie. <laughs> Listen, any discussion on the commission level? Commissioner McKenzie? Uh, no discussion. I think he, he uh, made the... Move it, yeah. yeah. See, I, I, I have the right as the mayor. Because I was listening to him. And I recognize Senator Geller on that one. I reckon use a second. I was not paying attention. I was listening to I want Commissioner to Bogan. protest, Mayor. Now we need to bring it back to order. Okay. <laughs> okay, no further commission discussion. All in favor say aye. 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 Post motion carries 9-0. Thank you.
Item number 29. The public hearing on item 29 is now open. Item 29 is a motion to adopt resolution releasing a portion of a 15-foot utility easement as recorded in official records book 18128, page 934 in the city of Pompano Beach. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, public portion close. Move it, please. Move, move it, please. <laughs> Commit. I've lost control. I've lost control. How many meetings is this? I've already lost control. Here, here. <laughs> it, it, it must be that senator. <laughs> Mayor, I, I'd like to move it, please. Commissioner Bogan moves the item. Second. And commission, I'm going to recognize Commissioner McKenzie as a second on that one, okay? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you so much. Item number 30. The public hearing on item 30 is now open. Item 30 is a motion to adopt resolution pertaining to library fees and charges repealing sections 37.10 through 37.12 and creating sections 37.10 and 37.11 of the county administrative code. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Okay, so public portion closed. Mayor. Yes, Commissioner Fur. Yes, um, with regard to this resolution, it, it is one of those resolutions that seems counterintuitive that the fact that you eliminate fines, that it would be um, better for the library. Turns out circulation has improved considerably. Um, it, it, that small little fine mm. has kept lots of families and lots of kids Fantastic. from using our public libraries. So <clears> the <throat> fact that we've done this, it has been for the better of the library, and it's. Uh, and I'd like to make a motion to approve. Second. Com Commissioner Fur moves it. Second. Commissioner Dean seconds the item. Any further discussion? He didn't talk to the mic. He didn't get that. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Motion carries 9-0. Mr. Mara, see what you have discovered and you have made this happen today. Yeah. This is your Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when in doubt, blame someone me. else. I'm blaming you, sir. <laughs> Item 31, the last on the public hearing. The public hearing on item 31 is now open. Our final public hearing item is item 31, which is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to front yard fences located in Roosevelt Gardens, amending sections 30, section 39-638 of the County Code of Ordinances. One member of the public has signed up to speak on this item, Carmen Ramirez. Very good. Ms. Ramirez, would you please come forward? And good morning to you. Good morning. So I'm here because I live in the Roosevelt Gardens community. I live on Northwest 29th Terrace and 10th Court. I've had multiple vehicles go into my house and onto my yard due to um, not having a four-way stop but only a two-way stop. Um, I feel that having a fence in my front yard would prevent more, less um, property damage to my house. Um, and it wouldn't interfere with anything um, concerning the community safety. So you're in favor. Thank you so much. You're in favor of it, correct? Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, Senator Geller. Oh, oh, okay. Hold on. Any further public wish to speak on this item? I'm seeing hands raised. I know they're not signed up, but I'm going to let them come forward and speak. And I'm going to ask that you state your name <coughs> uh, for the record, if you would. Are the three were signed up? Okay, good. No, no, Only the one was signed up, but I see two more that had raised their hands, so I'm allowed them to speak. So just recognize yourself. Any minute. Good morning. My name is Kenneth Collins. Um, I did sign up. I'm not sure what happened, but I'm here. Um, Thank you for being here. Yes. I'm opposed to the ordinance, um, like my neighbor said. Well, let me start off by saying I reside in Roosevelt Gardens. I've lived there for the majority of my life. Um, I've seen a lot of changes in the area, some good, a lot not so good. 
I believe that this fence situation is one of the not so good things that are taking place. Um, the fences, they provide a kind of a safety net for the area. For the area. Um, I'm not sure if you guys ride around in the neighborhood. It's not the best of neighborhoods. There's a lot of illegal activity, um, a lot of theft. Um, I believe the fences, they provide a way for us to like have a preventative measure as far as those thefts. And also, there are a lot of dogs in the area. Um, the fences, they are a defense for those dogs. Not all of them have leashes. Some of them are roaming through the streets. Also, um, I'll let you. I'll let you speak, ma'am. A moment, chair. Just let him finish up. Okay. Well, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Okay. Thank you so much, ma'am. I just state your name for the record. I'm Lisa Collins. Um, I'm the mother of Kenneth Collins, and we do reside in this area. And our house has been fenced for just about as many years as the house has been there itself. <clears throat> that's over 50 years. And like he said, I believe the fence offer boundaries for those who don't know boundaries. And I feel like if you live in the area that long, you pay your taxes, you pay your house, why is it that other people are allowed to dictate to you to tell you that you're not allowed to have a fence? Um, the fence isn't broken down, the fence is in good condition it serves its purpose, and I don't see why <clears throat> it should be a problem. That's all I have to Thank say. Thank you, ma'am, so much. Appreciate you. Any other public that I don't see? Very good. Public portion closed. We're going to begin with commission discussion. I'm again, Senator, if you will, I'm going to yield to uh, Commissioner McKenzie. Okay, but is that okay? That's, that's fine. All yeah. right, Senator Gellman, <clears throat> move forward, and then we'll have Commissioner McKenzie. Go ahead. Uh, uh, I was tasked with uh, on February 7th, uh, looking into this matter, uh, we had a HOA president, Elijah Lewis, came to us um, and stated some, um, made some statements about why we should uh, not allow fences. Um, I took on the task, took it seriously, and I think two days later, reached out to Mr. Lewis, um, asked him to hold a HOA meeting. He refused. I then gave him a date to do a ride along with me. I picked him up four days later from his household and we rode for two hours uh, in Roosevelt Gardens, a neighborhood in which I was born in that neighborhood um, on 29th, so I'm very familiar with the neighborhood. I do not in any way think it's a bad neighborhood. Uh, I think it's a neighborhood that needs some attention and that's why it resides in the BMSD and we, you all have done it way before me, put a lot of attention and resources uh, in that area, and I would like to continue to do that. But I think we got here uh, because a fence was erected in the front yard under the current ordinance. Um, I'm not sure whose yard it was, maybe Ms. Ramirez, I'm not sure, but all they had to do was go out and enforce the codes, and she would have been cited for Putting up a permit, put up a fence without a permit, and then they would have found that it did not comply with the laws. But it, they took this and used it, in, 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 in my um, opinion, uh, to to create um, a, a fence um, war, if you will. So we, 
and uh, meaning staff, uh, was directed to, to send a survey out. We sent a survey out. We, if you look at the material, uh, I think uh, you back up. Um, survey went out. 107 uh, people said yes. Uh, fences should be allowed in the front yard. Um, should chain link fences be allowed in the front yard? 101 people uh, said yes. 11 said no. On the 107, five said no. Another group of residents from that neighborhood decided to meet. Some 30 plus residents. Not one person in that room uh, opposed us changing the, uh, uh, the defense ordinance. And while I was riding around, what I noticed, and I think this is where the aggravation comes in, there are a lot of people who got stuck in this first ordinance. Um, we saw about 38 fences uh, in, in disrepair. Had they gone to get a permit to repair those fences, they would have gotten caught between what's on the books now, and they would have had to remove that, that fence. For the record, I am not a chain link fence advocate. Do not like them at all. Uh, but if the property owners in this neighborhood wants to put fences up in their front yards and they meet our minimum requirements, I think they should be allowed to do that. I was very honored to, to take on this task. And even in the last minute, uh, Mr. Lewis decided to call me yesterday. We spent an hour and five minutes on the phone. And he talked about uh, the, the fence ordinance. He gave me the history of it. He wanted me to be the advocate today. But I'm advocating for the majority, which is to move this, this ordinance forward. I think it, uh, it's what the neighbors want. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be applying for chain link fences. It's a thing of the past. I think what I've seen in Ms. Marrera's yard is an is a iron fence, I believe it is, or some type of picket fence. No? But I saw some of these uh, in the neighborhood as I rode around, nice wooden fences, some of this new fancy stuff. And I think the new people that are coming to the neighborhoods, and even some of the existing neighbors, uh, when they put up fences, they're putting up the PVCs and the nice new fences. And if they want to put a fence in the front yard, I mean, have at it because everyone else in this town is allowed to put fences in their front yard if it meets the minimum requirements. So I'm asking this board as we move forward, uh, let's support this. And um, I don't think we're gonna have an issue. I'm sure Mr. Lewis is coming back. He's already put the IG uh, on notice, but I don't know what for, but he uh, is, is taking these steps and I'm sure I have another ride along. I'm sure I'll have another phone call, but I know him personally and I don't have a problem riding along or listening to him, but uh, that neighborhood needs, you all need to get involved. There's a group of citizens that, that are meeting over there. They know what they want. They sound just like uh, the four of you and just stay involved. Give me what you want and I'll be your voice in that neighborhood along with this with this commission. Thank you, Commissioner. Senator Geller, I think he answered your questions. That's why I figured he might have. I'll, I'll second his motion. <laughs> Hold on, any further commission discussion? Okay. And I would like to move it so Mr. Lewis can direct all of his energy at me. Okay, it's moved by Commissioner Second. Begenzi, seconded by Commissioner Rogers at this point. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. That ends our public hearings. We are now on our regular agenda. Item 32 is a delegation. Please. Move. Item 32 is a delegation. Mark S. Young in regards to West Park government. Very good. Mr. Young? Please come forward. You do have three minutes for your delegation remarks. Um, 
Yes, my name is Mark Young, and I do live in the city of West Park. I've been there since 1965. My parents raised me there. And yes, I, um, I love the place. I had some issues with the incorporation of it, but I learned to accept it and love it, and that's why I'm here today. We are a small city, and um, in recent times, we have fell in a, a, a pile of quicksand of mismanagement and shenanigan behavior. Um, I've addressed these uh, issues with the commission, and um, I simply asked them to come out in the community and look at the allegations that I'm making and determine whether it have merit because the city manager is not telling the truth, okay? And um, the project uh, I'm referring to is the Southwest 25th Street Road Reconstruction Project. And um, there were many blemishes on that project. We have a neighbor that was uh, live on the same block, have uh, worked in that field for over 60 years. He came to my attention because I am the voice for the community. I am a community activist as well as a resident on that block. My uh, <clears throat> driveway tie-in has been taken up twice, put down twice, and it's still not correct. It's an X in all of the driveways, and those Xs would not have occurred had not I brought this forward and made commotion. Okay, um, I think that we need to uh, come together and be the, the integrity for the whole Broward County. And that's why I reached out to you, Mr. Fur, Mr. Uh, Commissioner Fur, um, uh, Mayor Fisher. Okay, you had the pleasure of visiting us one night and um, you know you had to take off uh, I'm, I'm sorry you didn't get the aftermath of what happened after you left, okay? But um, um, I'm also working on this here item with waste pro construction. I mean, we have awful, awful, awful service from them. You look at our roads, you think our roads, we live in a rat-infested neighborhood. I mean, they repeatedly um, uh, uh, bring in trucks that is so deficient and leak uh, hazardous material back on the roadway and when I uh, bring it to the commission, nothing is getting done. Okay, it's been a year. It's been a whole year. I have a timeline with, with prove every single thing that I'm saying is true and I hope that this commission will uh, get involved with me and assist me in this matter. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Young, for your comments. We'll take them in consideration. Thank you so much. Item 34. Reading clerk. Item 34 is a motion to approve terminal building lease agreement between Broward County and Phoenix Logistics, Inc. for the lease and use of airline ticket office space in Terminal 4 ticketing level and operation space in Terminal 4 Concourse G ramp level at Fort Lauderdale International Airport. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Move approval. Moved by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner second. Udine. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries unanimously 9-0. Item 35. Item 35, motion A is a motion to approve agreement between Broward County and Keith and Associates, Inc. doing business as Keith for CEI services for airport utilities and pavement projects. Motion B is a motion to approve agreement between Broward County and Gannett, Gannett 
Fleming Inc. for CEI services for airport utilities and pavement projects. Motion C is a motion to approve agreement between Broward County and EXP US Services Inc. for CEI services for airport utilities and pavement. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Mayor, move yes. A, B, and C. Thank you, Commissioner Bogan. Second by. Second by Vice Mayor. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. <clears throat> C90. Thank you. Puts us on item number 36. 36, motion A is a motion to approve sole source, sole brand designation of Allen Enterprises, Inc. to provide ADB, safe gate, airfield lighting and signage, replacement parts and sign panels at Fort Lauderdale International Airport. Motion B is a motion to award open-end contract to sole source vendor Allen Enterprises, Inc. for ADB, safe gate, airfield lighting and signage for the Broward, for the Broward County Aviation Department. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Very good. Is there a motion? What happened? All of a sudden, everybody sits back. Senator Keller moves it. Commissioner first seconds it. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries 9-0. Thank you. Item number 40. Item 40 is a motion to discuss and direct county staff to develop in consultation with a group appointed by the chief judge of Broward County and the Broward County Bar Association a proposed design for subsequent board consideration of a memorial wall at the main courthouse to honor the service of those Broward County Circuit or County Court judges who have passed away. No member of the public has signed up to speak. Very good. I'm going to tend over to, to Senator Geller since this is his item to explain. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, we are recently getting um, a large number of requests for courtrooms uh, named after people and things of that nature. And I think uh, we should provide some recognition, uh, but not necessarily naming every courtroom after each individual judge that has, that has passed. And I think an appropriate thing might be to have a overall, um, I'd call it a memorial wall, um, and I am completely flexible on the design, I mean, whether or not it is a solid wall with names chiseled into it, whether it's a wall like many of us see at temples or churches that have, you know, like a tree with leaves. I'd like this to be designed by someone that is more familiar with the courthouse, either the, uh, the chief judge, uh, my uh, proposal currently, but this is just a motion to direct, is the Broward Bar Association and the chief judge appointing oh people. Uh, I have absolutely no pride of authorship. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care who appoints it. Uh, I think there should be some additional recognition for former chief judges as opposed to you know all of the judges. But beyond that, uh, this is just a motion to direct. I would like, I think it's an appropriate way of both showing recognition for our former judges as well as um, ensuring that the time of this commission is not spent, you know, arguing whether Judge Smith or Judge Jones is more deserving of former Judge Smith or former Judge Jones is more deserving of having a courtroom. So that's what I am proposing, Mr. Mayor. And again, I am wide open for any amendments, but the way it reads now would be to ask the 
uh, chief judge and the bar to jointly appoint the committee okay. to design I'm, it. I'm recognized Commissioner Bogan, he co-sponsored the item. Go ahead. I'd like to offer a friendly amendment, if I can. <laughs> um, I want to read just real quickly an email that all of you have gotten from our wonderful county administrator, just to refresh your recollection. Last April 19th, Aiden Perry was walking with his mother when a car driven by another teenager lost control went into a neighborhood lake. Aiden saw what happened, quickly sprung into action. Without hesitation, he jumped in the lake to help the individual in the sinking car. Very tragically, both Aiden and, his, and the driver of the vehicle lost their lives. For his heroic actions, Aiden's received the Broward County Medal of Valor. I think, Mayor Geller, you were the time about the, that time. I created the Yeah. And so instead of just limiting this to um, judges, you know, other counties I've seen have what they call as a wall of fame or a hall of, uh, uh, what they, a hall of fame or wall of fame, where you could put, whether it's a judge or a medal of valor, uh, so we honor somebody with a medal of valor um, and, um, just kind of, so, so if, you know, if somebody does get a Medal of Valor, usually you could put it somewhere. So it makes it just more, uh, you know, for, for those people that we really want to honor, but not name a building after, and not name a courtroom after, <coughs> not name something, you know, a major structure after. <coughs> so I'd I like to see if you'd be open to uh, people like this Medal of Valor or people that you want to honor. That's would, number it, one. And would that be Commissioner Bogan at the courthouse? I mean, because this is a courthouse I, I, issue with judges. Me where I would put it, uh, you know, all I've done in the other counties, Miami Day, they have it at their airport. Uh, I've seen it okay. in Orlando at it. You know, I've seen it at different airports where it's, you know, honoring people. But where it is, right. it's not. Well, the, most, Mr. Mayor, well, but we wanted we want to talk about this item particularly because right. at the courthouse, that's a, that's another item, Commissioner Bogan. No, I'm can, not saying. Uh, what I would do is instead of limiting this to what he's calling a. This is the judges who have He's passed away. This a memorial wall. I, it, it's, I, I would just see if there was any interest in expanding it to something instead of a memorial wall. Call it a a wall of fame or a uh, hall of you know, wall but, of fame. Mr. But you're Mayor, saying, but you're saying actually that it would be maybe at a different location versus the courthouse. That's not that wall. The location. Yeah, I, I haven't. Because I want to stick to this item itself as being the courthouse with the judges. Okay. But if that's another item, we can also talk about that. I'm sure we can talk about that once we get this item okay. move forward. But I think it's a great idea, but I think it would be in a different location then. rather than the courthouse. Senator Mr. Governor. Mayor, I was going to say exactly, exactly the same thing. I th uh, this one I'm proposing for the judges. I happen to think Commissioner Bogan has a good idea that when people receive Medal of Valor or other people we want to recognize that we should have, whether it's at the airport, whether it's at here at our new government center, which, you know, will be in the year 2066, but uh, the, um, wherever, you know, I, I think that's a good idea. I just don't want to combine okay, the two. Position. Okay, I'm going to make it two uh, issues if I can. Uh, County Attorney, if I, I'm going to, we're going to talk about this particular item. I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about Commissioner Bogan's item at that point. Can we do that? Of course. Sir. Okay, very good. So we're talking about item 40 on the judge's issue. We'll come back to you, Commissioner Bogan. Commissioner McKenzie? I just want to make a comment. I think we all struggle with the, the, this, this name game. Um, I think it's admirable that you said all of the judges. But when I look at naming something, I think historically, it's someone who did something outside of their job. These judges, this is their job. So if the wall was there, 
and it was a judge that went over and beyond and, and, and jumped in the lake like Aiden did, you know, that's a heroic act. That's outside of what he signed up for his job. And it, I would just like to see it. I'm not going to um, debate this. Uh, some type of criteria where we, you know, it's what did this person do outside of of that? And maybe I don't understand what a judge does. And maybe some of you to lawyers deal with lawyers every day is a heroic act. <laughs> so you know, I, I, I never looked at it that way. So move forward. <laughs> all right. Further. That's, the, that's my point, and I think we all struggle with that because. Right. Uh, when we do it for the judges, are we going to do it for the teachers? Are we going to do it for the next group and the next group and the next group and the next group and the next group? Or is this a act of honor in your service over and beyond what you do for employment? Commissioner, you bring a good point, which I was going to discuss too. Um, I can do it right now. Is that so, Senator? Are you looking at so if you have served as a judge, you are automatically placed on the, on this memorial? So. So no matter what, if you, whatever you've done, if you've served and, and, and you're a past judge, you, you become on this wall, right? That's your, that's your goal? That's the concept. I think that that would help prevent our consistently getting requests for naming courthouses after deceased judges, because otherwise I think we're going to be now seeing a lot of that. So I'm hoping we can do that. Now, Again, with what Commissioner McKenzie was saying, which is a different thing, when we get to that, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to discuss that and, you know, the Medal of Valor and things of that nature. Right. But right now, what I'm suggesting is just that it, we have something listed, the names of the deceased judges. Okay. Well, anybody understand that? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Vice Mayor? This might not be very popular, but whatever. Um, no, I'm just wondering if, I mean, there needs to be some criteria. If someone was removed as a judge for one, one reason or another, then we've had people removed as a judge. Is, does that person's name go up on the wall? I mean, for doing some wrongdoing? I, I, I don't really understand that. Why, why don't we just have it where it's, where uh, some, one commissioner submits a judge's name to go on. It's not automatic, but if somebody submits it, um, then it would go on. If nobody well, submits it. Yeah, I think it goes back to, to what didn't. County Attorney can chime in if he wants to. He's raising your hand. Did you want to? Because I think this item is automatically if you're deceased, you go on. And, but can, can the commission have the authority, like Vice Mayor said, if someone was removed, can we have the authority, I guess, not to have that name on the wall, every wall? Yes, sir. And the way we interpret this item, if we receive the direction, is, is basically to listen to the discussion uh, to work with, uh, presumably with a, a committee established by the chief judge and the local bar association, to come back with uh, things that address all of your concerns and address what you're looking for and bring it back to you for final action on it. So the discussion is very helpful to us. Okay. Uh, anyway. Okay, I'm going to recognize Commissioner Dean at this point. <clears throat> um, so theoretically, while I have no problem with this, I just think that this starts us down a process that's not really going to end. I think if you looked... And I, it's a good idea. I like the concept of some kind of memorial somewhere. I'm not limiting it as far as what the judges do, because how are we going to have a memorial wall with every judge that's been deceased? Because there's always somebody that, that wants somebody on there. There are probably, and I don't know this for a fact, what do we have, a couple hundred deceased judges already? So the wall would be 
I mean, going back to when the judiciary started in Broward County, there's always a grandson, a granddaughter, an aunt or an uncle or a niece or a nephew. I just think that this is something that we really don't need to get involved with. It's not a policy thing that our constituents are looking for. We have a naming policy. If you want to name rooms after somebody, I said last time I'm voting no on this one that's before us. I think that what Commissioner McKenzie says is a good point. You're elected as a judge. You served as a judge. You did an excellent job. You got paid as a judge. And God bless you and thank you for your fantastic service. Different than sometimes we see somebody who comes in as a volunteer and sets the world on fire for some issue and we want to kind of recognize that person, like a Rocky Rodriguez when we talked about. It, it's, just, it's just different to me. So those are my comments, but whatever the will of the board is, but I think it's, this is a, a solution looking for a problem that probably doesn't really exist, but I kind of like. Okay, Commissioner Ryan. My, recollect, my recollection of when this whole uh, concept began uh, was there was a uh, contentious race for a congressional seat and um, two of our then sitting county commissioners were, uh, you know, in a battle royale about uh, who could they name, uh, you know, for, for streets. And, um, you know, I, I don't think we got much out of it. I think a better idea is to let the cities, you know, deal with like uh, community heroes and, and things like that. This doesn't seem to be a regional issue. It's more like a, you know, government closest to the people, uh, like municipal governments, can, you know, have committees and talk about that. And, uh, and then, you know, build a, uh, like a, some kind of a plaque or something, you know, at a city park that would recognize these folks. Um, you know, otherwise, I mean, you got so many names on there that, yeah, somebody will be spending a couple hours just going through the names. Okay, any further comments on this item, Senator? Based on the very good debate that I've heard here, I think I'll withdraw that uh, motion because I think that uh, I forget who said, maybe it was Mr. Udi and the hundreds of judges that that would apply to, I would. Uh, withdraw this and I would hope that Commissioner Bogan at the next meeting will bring up his idea on uh, I think that perhaps there should be something for Commissioner McKenzie and Commissioner Rogers not being aware. When I was mayor I created the uh, Broward Medal of Valor for people that had committed acts of bravery above and beyond you know I think the first one went to somebody who actually died jumping into the ocean trying to save kids. He was one of two people. The other person survived, and between them, they did rescue the kids, but one of them died. They were the first Broward Medal of Valor, and I think that there should be uh, a place, whether it's at the airport or here, you know, memorializing those people permanently and perhaps other people. So, but that's a different motion. This, and I hope Commissioner Bogan will put that on the agenda at a future meeting. All and right. I, so you're going to withdraw, like you're to withdraw, withdraw item forty. So item forty is withdrawn, and Commissioner Bogan, um, I'm just going to ask Mr. Myers, can we continue this discussion on this particular item that Commissioner Bogan brought up, or we, should we wait for the next meeting? 
it, it's it's your prerogative, Mayor. It, it's we're not taking final action on anything today, and can it's, we? Can we? Close. It really is a separate item, but it's it's your prerogative. Let's can, just wait. That's you wanted to wait. I'm mean, I just didn't want Commissioner Bogan to feel no, slighted no, no, anyway. No, no, wait. That's okay. okay. Always want to take care of the commissioners. He's, he's a lawyer. He's okay. All right. We're going to wait on that. All right. Okay. <laughs> Very good. That moves us on to item number 41. 41. Item 41 is a motion to discuss and direct county administration to take appropriate action with regards to providing death benefits for law enforcement officers <clears throat> and firefighters who are killed on the line of duty in Broward County. Three speakers have signed up to speak. The first is Jeff Morano, followed by Paul Kempinski. Very good. So we're going to, uh, Commissioner Bogan, if it's okay, we'll have the public speak first, and you'll and you'll enter, have the item at that particular time. So, Mr. Rana, would you please come forward? Represents the FOP Lodge 24, and the Hollywood <clears throat> Police as well. I didn't recognize you in that suit, Mr. Rana. Do not listen to these folks. Go ahead. Thank you very much, uh, Jeff Rana, representing Lodge uh, 24. Several of our, our uh, executive board is here today from Hollywood. Also. Uh, up there are some uh, gentlemen from Cross Springs Police Department. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for the kind words for Shelly Spivak, a Hollywood resident, <clears throat> homeless advocate her entire, her entire life. Uh, and it was always better to be on her side of the argument than on the other, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for that. And, and um, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank uh, mm -hmm. Representative Ryan and Senator Rich and Senator Geller for their, for their Time in the legislature where they were always there for law enforcement, uh, public, uh, public service for first responders, paramedics, they were always, always there. Uh, they were always on the, on the side of, uh, of the little guy fighting for, uh, for benefits and protection for, for uh, employees throughout the state of Florida. Thank you so much. Uh, but thank you very much, Commissioner Bogan, for bringing this forward. Um, they're, they're, uh, the FOP, Executive board that's here had to uh, deal with three deaths uh, in a very close proximity in Hollywood. Uh, one was COVID, <clears throat> another one was uh, an officer was shot and killed, uh, and then within eight hours later, uh, another officer took his own life, unfortunately. So if you can imagine the, uh, the logistics of putting all of that together was incredible. Uh, but there is money that does come in from the state, uh, comes in from different organizations. However, uh, that mortgage or rent, uh, nobody's really ever, uh, you know, addressed that, uh, where a spouse, you know, within maybe days or a week would have to come up with the, uh, with the mortgage payment uh, without, you know, submitting uh, death certificates to uh, different insurance companies or whatever. So uh, I, I do uh, thank you for bringing that forward, and, and I hope we get uh, everybody's support on this. Thank you so much for your, for your time. Thank and you, for those that are, that are celebrating, happy holiday. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Also, thank you for your service to the PBA. We appreciate you. Paul Kapinski, please come forward. Hi, good morning. Paul Kapinski, Florida Fraternal Police, District 5. I'm here to speak about the item 41. Uh, day in and day out, police officers and firefighters put themselves in harm's way in the service of others. In the last decade, 143 officers have lost their lives in the line of duty in the state of Florida, more than a dozen of those serving in Broward County. Police work is inherently dangerous. I myself nearly lost my life when I was shot by an armed robbery suspect just over a decade from now. I applaud the commission for discussing this item. I thank Commissioner Bogan for his leadership on this, 
and I believe it will not only be well received by the thousands of law enforcement officers serving throughout Broward County, but will also allow local agencies to continue to recruit professional, high-quality law enforcement candidates to ensure the continued safety of Broward County. This benefit would truly honor uh, those officers and firefighters that make the ultimate sacrifice. So thank you all. Thank you, Paul. Last speaker. That is Andrew Lafam Boyce. Very good. Andrew, please come forward. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, County, County Administration. My name is Andrew LaFramboise. I'm the president of the Hollywood Fraternal Police Lodge 24. Uh, I just want to say thank you for trying to discuss something that normally is not, out of, that is out of the norm. You don't really see that with, with counties around here, that relationship with law enforcement and their officials and their cities. But this is setting a great precedence to showing the community that we're all one here. That when our officers fall, you pick up their families. That's something that every officer has in their back of their mind. What if I, something happens to me, what if it happens to them? And I think that it's just a great mindset to get into. We're doing a lot in Hollywood with the Fraternal Order Police, but this is a great st standard to set throughout the county. I want to say thank you. Thank you, sir. That concludes our public uh, comments. The public portion closed. I'm going to now go to Commissioner Bogan for the item. Thank you, Mayor. Mm -hmm. Um, not much to say except that law enforcement, firefighters and law enforcement protect our citizens, our residents every day and they, they're one of the few professions that put their lives on the line every day for us and, um, and I, while I know that they do get money from different sources, I've been told that sometimes the money takes a while to come. I heard one situation it took six months to a year on some funding. but. The funding still doesn't last a lifetime, and I think that the minimal amount we're talking for rent or for uh, mortgage for one year, um, the average mortgage in Broward County is, you know, any, they say it ranges between uh, 1500 and $3,000 on the top end, the average mortgage. So, I mean, we're not talking, uh, talking with between, you know, 20 to 30, 30 grand a year. Um, I think it's deserving, and I'm proud to bring it forward. Okay, Senator Geller. Uh, first, one addition or correction on the exhibit, um, exhibit uh, one, I guess, item 41, with the list of uh, benefits, and it says may not be an exhaustive list. I know it's not exhaustive because when I was in the legislature, I passed one that's not here, uh, and so I'd like that added, which is that if an officer is or first responder is killed in the line of duty, that it provides to their surviving spouse or children an educational benefit that the state pays for them to go to a state university, state college, or vocational school. So um, I, uh, you'll, you will find that. I think it's, if you look on the, I think it's PBA website, I think they, they can give you the site to that, but I would like that added to this exhibit. And I think it's a great thing, and I'd like to co-sponsor this. Very good. Commissioner McKenzie, followed by Commissioner Dean. I'm just basically looking for some clarity. I, I think conceptually, uh, I like the idea, and I participated in the city of Fort Lauderdale when we had a similar situation. Um, I don't think it was a year, and I don't know the 
the details of it, but we did support uh, uh, something very similar to this. So, my, so my, my unclearness in this, in this issue is the county doesn't have a police department. Uh, BSO is a constitutional office. And then there's 31 municipalities, either contract from BSO or they have their own police departments like my friends in Hollywood. Um, how, does that, how does this work if, if, we, if we do this? How, how, how do we usurp that authority to make this happen uh, if, if, we, if we do this? I mean, how, how does it work? How does this look? Commissioner Bogan, you can answer that. Is there a limit uh, per family, well, or is I, it, I, how, do you, how been, do you design? I've been, I've been asked if it would be capped at 36000 a year with 3000 being on the top end at 36000 If you guys want to cap it, uh, it's up to you. Uh, how does it look? It looks at if, if God forbid, a, a police officer or firefighter in Broward mm -hmm. County gets killed in the line of duty. Anywhere in Broward County. Police officer or, or firefighter in Broward County gets killed in the line of duty. Okay. Um, we would immediately seek to contact that family and say, how can we you know, pay next month's rent for 12 months or next month's mortgage for 12 months? That's how I envision it, that simple. And, um, and, we, and we can do that, right? Commissioner McKenzie still has the floor. Go ahead. I'm just trying to get clarity on. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Myers? Yes. I mean, I, I think it would be legal to do this. Okay. Yes. I mean, I, I was asking Adam just to make sure <clears throat> we didn't have any impact bargaining obligations. We don't think that you, that you would uh, here. Uh, but as, as you mentioned, you have to define who's covered by it, what it covers. And I apologize. I'll, I'll catch up on the. Uh -huh. What Commissioner Bogan said specifically, it is legal. Right. And then lastly, I think when we do this, and I spoke with staff yesterday, I believe, um, it goes back to what Commissioner Udine said earlier, that we're opening up um, um, future um, folks in this county or in our organization that you know, have a heart attack at the desk or, or you know, falls off a lawnmower at a park. And I just want to... We're going to get the calls once we. I, I experienced this at Fort Lauderdale, so I want to make sure you know um, that we, we we prepare for that uh, in the future. So, um, and it may be yes or no. I know we can make the decision, but it, those calls are going to come. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Vogue, you want to respond to that? Uh, I'd love question? to. Um, well, it's unfortunate that people may pass away in whatever they're doing, whether they're a teacher, mm -hmm. a lawyer, uh, any profession. However. Law enforcement is unique. They're out there every day risking their lives. I don't know any profession, firefighters and law enforcement, that go out every day to risk their lives and put their lives in danger for the public. So that's why I think it's a unique profession and no other profession that I'm aware of does that. Okay, and I agree and I've been uh, a big advocate uh, for police and, and fire uh, in, in, in my career. So, and even um, the districts I represent, um, oftentimes my my constituents, you know, are, are, have different perspectives, but I think there's no way uh, to uh, build relationships without uh, sitting at the table, listening and supporting and then showing folks um, the things they do outside of when the siren uh, is going on and the things that they do for community. So I'm a big supporter of fire and police and I, I don't have a problem supporting this, but I wanted to make sure I got clarity so that when I go back to the residents, this is why we did it. This is who we're doing it for, and I don't have a problem. Okay. Commissioner Dean's up, followed by Commissioner Ryan. Thank you. 
<clears throat> um, the speakers that spoke, I think, brought up uh, all excellent points. The third speaker that spoke, I think, brought up to me the point that I would make on this is <clears throat> the message that this sends to our community that we're with first responders, I think, is a powerful one. And I think it's a, it's a message that in this day and age, with everything that's going on in the world, is a message that I'm proud to send to the public, that we stand with our law enforcement officers uh, and our public safety officers. <clears throat> I'm supportive of this idea. I think this is a good idea. Um, I don't think it's going to be that much of a financial burden, because I, um, I pray that it's not. I hope we never have to use it, obviously. Um, but the only thing that I would say is, while I support this, I think we, we would need to have, and, and this is probably something that would need to be re re reviewed by county administration and Mr. Katzman in the employment section of, the, of our legal team, I just want to know the process of how it works. I'm supportive, but I think not only should it be a police officer, like Commissioner Bogan said, if it's a firefighter that's out responding on a call and they get hurt, an EMT operator, um, there's just, I just need to see more of how this is going to work out, what the definitions are and how it would be, but I'm supportive of this because I think it's important. Not only do I think we should be doing this, and I don't want to love this to death so that it couldn't happen, but I think we should reach out to our cities and have them make the same commitment with us. And we can even do it like Commissioner McKenzie said. We don't have poli a police and fire department, theoretically. But let's do it based on population or something where everybody kicks the dollars in that would be necessary so that our entire community and 31 municipalities can have buy-in with something like this. That being said, I'm, I'm going to vote for it. I'm in favor of it. But I just think we need, should do it the right way so that we don't open ourselves up to challenges. Okay. Commissioner Bogan, do you want to respond since you're the I, item? I, I just want to know if he wants to add, I already have firefighters, and do you want to add ENT, you know, the paramedics and, and those that are, you know, get killed? I mean, I don't really yeah. have heard well, I of think, them I getting think, killed. I think if you define firefighters, they are now ENT. Yeah, they're, 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 they are yeah, all right. one. Paramedics and firefighters okay. are all one unit. So it's including, it doesn't right. include that. Okay. So, so I. I don't know as far as to add it or not add it. I mean, I would need to see what the, I mean, is this like an insurance policy? Is this a plan? How does this work? Is this just, if something happens, it just pops in and we do it? If that's what we're going to do, let's come up with a budgetary number, put some money in a reserve fund in a budget, and come up with the parameters and let's do it. I don't want to love it to death. If it can be done, let's do it. But I just would need to see what it can be on a staff level to have it done. I agree with it. Conceptually, I think it's a good idea. I think it's an important message to our constituency. But I think we should have the guardrails on what it should be. Okay. Commissioner Ryan? When we make this type of a uh, uh, recognition and uh, compensation package, uh, I think it needs to be narrowly tailored. And I, I see it going that way as it says that um, an officer who is killed in the line of duty. So um, we need to have some kind of an analysis as to what it means to be, uh, you know, to be killed in, in the line of duty. Um, obviously, somebody that is, um, you know, like on the street and they, you know, get into, um, you know, a gunfight or something like that. I mean, that clearly applies. But then you have also, you have uh, uh, officers, and sometimes there's a higher propensity for, um, you know, certain occupational illnesses 
if you are um, a firefighter or a police officer, uh, heart disease and, and some other, um, you know, maladies that, um, you know, more, uh, more frequently, um, you know, um, pro uh, provide the, the causes for um, uh, morbidity and mortality, you know, in our law enforcement officers. Uh, you know what I think of is, uh, and I think the, these officers well remember, I guess it was about um, three years ago, and at that time I was representing the part of Hollywood where Emerald Hills is, and a uh, young officer was, uh, I think he was working the midnight shift, and he actually may have been not scheduled to work that midnight shift, but he was there, and uh, there were, uh, you know, a couple of bad guys that were... Um, breaking into, into cars uh, in Emerald Hills, and uh, this officer, uh, you know, confronted uh, the, the burglar, and uh, they got into a fight, and regrettably, um, the bad guy, uh, he got the, uh, the firearm uh, from the officer and, and shot him, and uh, the officer was killed. Uh, and the, the, actually, the officer's partner uh, is a kid that went to... Uh, uh, school with my son, and um, he was just absolutely just, you know, broken up. Uh, and it's a really, really uh, uh, sad, uh, you know, state of affairs. We went and to do a, um, we had a memorial service over there in, in Emerald Hills, uh, and it had hundreds and hundreds of uh, residents and, and, you know, police and fire and community activists from all around the city and the county that participated and it was, you know, um, I think it was a nice recognition. But this, you know, these additional benefits, I think are, uh, are well worth it. And, uh, you know, so I'm in favor of it. Uh, just, I, I do think that we wanna work on the definition so that we uh, have it, you know, carefully tailored. But when we look at the eligible persons, you know, if you're gonna say, um, you know, um, police, and firefighters, I think you have to also uh, bring in, um, you know, our detention deputies because, you know, the job they do every day in the jails here, and we have, you know, several of them here in Broward County, uh, you know, they, they have a, um, you know, very hazardous uh, activities, and um, I think that they ought to be included also. So that's something I think that you, you want to engage, and I say this to the county administrator, uh, Monica, we want to uh, engage um, you know, the, the unions on this and make sure that they, um, you know, are aware. So this is not something that gives preference to uh, one area of law enforcement over another one. Thank you. Commissioner Rogers, followed by Vice Mayor. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, colleagues. I was, as I listen to the conversation, it's good when we can hear each other's opinion on this. I am saying definition is critically important, this conversation. When you speak to law enforcement, or you say police and fire in the line of duty, you can go to the prison system and say they're, they're there every day, their lives at risk every day. So do we include that group? And if someone is independently wealthy, I don't take wealth away, how do we define who would qualify? Just because you've lost a loved one, yes, it's hard and tough, they just qualify automatically because they died in, on, while they're on duty. I think definition is critically important. I think conversation with the cities 
you know, let's not be big brothers and just unfunded mandates going down to our cities. They should be part of this discussion because I think they have the majority of that group that we might be looking at helping. But I think there's definition. I would want to know definitely are we saying any and everybody regardless of their resources, okay, or should we do everyone? I don't know, but I would like to include others in this discussion, like our cities. Very good. Vice Mayor? Yeah, I just wanted to make a, a comment. Um, I think, you know, there's a little work to be done on some of the aspects of it, but I certainly support the concept of it. And, uh, and I, I just want to say, it has nothing actually, well, it does, <laughs> that I think we'll be sending a very different message uh, than what they're sending in Tallahassee. And um, I've spoken with many of our police officers. Last night I was at the Western City Commission meeting talking with the police chief and the fire chief there who are just devastated by the, the permitless carry bill that's been signed. And if we want to talk about danger for our police, that's just added exponentially by what happened there. So I think it's, a, it's timely in, in the sense of unfortunately what's going on. And I hope um, you know, we don't see more. but. Uh, with the plethora of guns that will be out there, who knows? So I, I, I certainly am supporting this concept, and you can just, you know, I, I'd like to keep it fairly narrow, however, to police and fire, personally. Um, I know other people's jobs are dangerous, too, but, you know, I, I think they are the ones that are out there, you know, with the guns every day, having to respond to domestic violence uh, calls and, and all other kinds of things. So. Um, and, and go into burning buildings, so forth. So I, I'd kind of like to keep it. Okay, Commissioner Fur. Thank you. Yeah, I think this is a good idea, um, I and I appreciate what Commissioner Dean said on that. Um, I do think it needs to be narrowly ta tailored, and I think we want to have a good examination of what benefits are currently available, so we find the niche where we can be most helpful there. Um, because I, I thought something was in the legislature right now. That was that was speaking to this, and I could be wrong on this. Something came. I saw something on, on my phone, a couple of days ago that sounded similar to this, and I asked um, the our county attorney to look and see if there was something there, that, and I think uh, Nathaniel had found something. I, I think we there was one uh, bill that was not moving forward okay. was was Marty's analysis, and the other one wasn't. Directly on point, but it was tangential, and, and this it sounded real, real similar. And, I, and I'm sure the, the gentleman there would would know the difference. But I think we want to know those distinctions, what's available, and make sure that we're fitting in the right niche. So, so very good. Well, I would like to say some comments, but we can go around too if you want. That's okay. Commissioner did you, Rogers, you have a further comment? Yes, Mr. Mayor, colleagues, I am still not feeling where we're going with this, all right? I know I love my police, I love my law enforcement team, my firefighters. You know, I'm very close to that group. But what is happening in the world today? I see our security person sitting out front of this building and there's no protection for that person. And they do it every day. Their lives are at risk also and they're here to protect us. So the definition for me is critically important, all right? A life is a life. My 
our law enforcement folks and firefighters, they're always running into danger. I understand that they're, but, you know, but we have to look at this world today and just know things are different and we have to look at safety in the workplace. We are government official and we don't just go up to Tallahassee. We talk about Tallahassee every day, but when you get to that gate, you better go through that screening. Okay. And we try to do it here, but before you even get to the screening, you could be dead. Okay, so the world has changed. I'm just saying, define it. There's a cost. Always go back to those that will be paying before you start spending the monies. Let's have that conversation with those that we're looking to partner with. Okay? So the good, so the good news is this item is obviously discussion and direction. So obviously administration is hearing a lot of this already, so she can put it in to, uh, to bring it back to us. I have continued round two, Senator Geller by, by Commissioner Dean, and then I'll try to wind up with Commissioner Bogan. Very I got commissioners, let me Senator Geller first. Very and, quickly, uh, County Attorney, since it's just motion to direct, listening to the debate, I think that it, we have to provide in the language that this is an expedited payment, because that's the example that had been given, that they don't wait. So. As you draft, I'd like to see something that, like, uh, upon, you know, we're all going to know if a law enforcement officer is, uh, or a firefighter is killed in the line of duty. So however you draft it, you know, it shouldn't be, you have to get uh, documents that won't be issued for four months. We want to make sure that it is an immediate payment. Okay. Thank you. I just want to add one other thing, too, in listening to all the conversation. And again, I, I just think the complication is the definition in the term sheets that are here. Because we sat as a body for the past six months talking about how 911 operators, we want them to be considered exactly as first responders in Tallahassee. So if a 911, I mean, it, these are just things that need to be hashed out as we bring them back. We're not going to say to Tallahassee, we want you to consider 911 operators the same as police officers and firefighters. And then when we have to do it, exclude them from a benefit that we're going to give police officers and firefighters. And, and I think we've seen real world example that 911 operators with suicide and mental health, they're, they're, they lose their lives on the job. Uh, and, and I just don't want to exclude somebody and, and come across as two-faced as to what we're asking other groups to do. But again, I support it, but I think this needs to be done through administrative staff and the county attorney's office to bring us back something that we could vote on with terms that we can see and, and, and codify and put a financial number in there. Because we're going to have to budget for this, too. We're going to have to mo have money sitting in a reserve account right. for whatever it is. Okay, I'm going to do a wrap, and then I'm going to go to Ms. Sapir, and then Commissioner Bogan's going to do a final wrap. So I agree with what has been said. The key is the budgetary part of it. And uh, Ms. Sapiro, if you can kind of do analysis of the last, I don't know, three years or so of how many officers have and firefighters have died in the line of duty, just to give us an idea of what we're looking at. Are we looking at, you know, 10 or 20 or whatever, so that ultimately if we're going to put a cap on it, the cap does need to be reasonable to accommodate everybody. And we need to have a budget item, because this is recurring. This will be recurring year after year. I know, but I want, uh, but I, I, I think that was police. I don't know if that was with fire as well. So we want to make sure that both categories are taken care of. 
So just make sure we get the numbers right when you bring it back to us and ultimately what the recommendation would be as far as the budget, because again, that's got to be a set aside as Commissioner Eating talked about. And in some years it might not, but some years, but it's a recurring cost. We need to make sure we have those dollars, okay? Mr. Superior, you'll wind up, and then I'm going to have Mr. Commissioner Bogan finally bring it to close and landing. Ms. Superior, real quick. So I, we will uh, work on some analyses. Um, I know that the FBI actually tracks um, the number of officers. I, I don't know about the firefighter side, but we will get that information. Um, and, and they break that up into different categories, such as those that are killed during a felonious activity or those that are accidental in nature. So we can um, validate some of that information and bring that back to you in an, in an analysis. Um, and then by Florida, by Broward, and, and so you guys can see some of that information. That should be helpful to you. We'll clean up the um, additional benefits, uh, Senator Geller, um, that we distributed, and that'll be part of a, a larger analysis we bring back with a budget proposal. Um, and and I, as you all know, by uh, I believe May 5th is the date that you all um, will be bringing back your budget priorities, which is um, a month from tomorrow. Um, so by then, for sure, we'll have this analysis ready with the dollars and everything um, and, and be able to um, address that. Perfect. Mr. Bogan, bring it to a close if you Thank would, you, sir. Mayor. Look, at, um, the way I would be phrasing this would be any law enforcement officer in Broward County, firefighter, EMT, who are killed in the line of duty would receive this. We deal with nearly a $7 billion budget. So we're talking maybe setting aside, are we joking, $30,000? I mean, I mean uh, 36000 a year, whatever. Um, the reason I would not, while I have a bleeding heart, I would include security, whatever. But the, thing, the problem with that is if you're going to include the security guards downstairs and then you got to talk about security guards in the courthouse and security guys here, and then it just, I don't, I, I, while, while we all in public nowadays, unfortunately, we're all at risk whether it be TSA operators, you know, at the airport and stuff. But there is one profession, and only one profession, in my mind, that goes out every day where they actually put their lives, everybody's life, we walk out of this building, we can get killed. But there's one profession where they agree to put their life on the line every day. Security guards aren't agreeing to put their life on the line while they could get killed. People, prison guards could get killed. We all can get killed, but there's, to me, there's only one profession where every day, and they get in a car and they're out doing their job. They know that that an arrest or some type of action they take could cause their life. And um, while I know everyone else can have the same thing, but I, I honestly believe that those people who are um, out on the out on the road every day, trying to protect us, have a greater danger. And same with firefighters and EMT. So I think there's levels, maybe we'll call it levels of, of and if we open up the door for guards and then security guards, you know, while I don't even think, I don't re recall a security guard being uh, killed in the line of duty, um, you know, maybe for years, I just think that opens up a huge um, door that I don't know if my commissioners are willing to uh, go I, I, I think consensus is there, what you said. It's obviously consensus, which, which your item was speaking about. I don't think that there's issues are broad, and I think it's very specific. So I, I right. think we're well, there. I just wanted to address her, her, yep. her concern. I think we're but, there. Uh, so, so that's, you know, so my motion to direct is, is basically 
that narrow um, and you know putting aside 50 grand making it even less in a budget a year to me is kind of you know are we joking um, you know it's kind of a joke okay and and so you're moving um, it I asked somebody would I'll move it okay move by Yes, Mr. Myers. I, I just want to confirm, Mayor, that consistent with the discussion, something's being brought back to you with all of these parameters. Correct. Along those lines. Okay, just just confirming. Been yes. moved by Commissioner Bogan, second by Commissioner Ryan. Uh, I, I had that second in the microphone, but since your <laughs> since your rules don't apply, go ahead, sir. I was given Commissioner Ryan since he didn't have a second yet this year, but uh, Commissioner McKenzie, I, I apologize. I, I refer to. <laughs> all in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Okay, we are going to be able to. Mayor, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to thank the gentleman Thanks, for coming. Of course. Thank you all for coming. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, keep that suit on. Thank you, gentlemen. Not just a gentleman. There's a lady there. That's right. Thank you. Okay, we're going to be able to continue our agenda and close with our closed session, and we are able to do that uh, after we have our our non-agenda and report section at this particular time. So we're going to start with our, our reports, our non-agenda reports, and Commissioner Dean just walked out on me, so okay. I just mix it up all the time. Commissioner Ryan, how about you? He trying to throw me under the bus? I just want to wish everybody a happy Passover and uh, Easter holiday. Come back safe, and, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. There you go. Commissioner Bogan? A happy and healthy holiday for everybody, and our Pilot project starts hopefully in a month, and we'll be uh, working on getting saving lives. Looking forward to it. Very good. Finally, huh? There we go. Commissioner McKenzie, any reports? Uh, happy holidays uh, to uh, everyone. Uh, be safe. Um, the next commission meeting, I want to uh, bring some um, directives uh, back so we can talk about some some um, a proposal for affordable housing that I, that, I, that I think might work for us. Um, as you heard in the earlier uh, public <clears throat> input, uh, people were talking about um, dogs and these fences and, and why they're doing it. I, I want to do a further dive with our um, um, Broward County animal control uh, policies. Uh, I know that Commissioner Bogan has, has gone over and beyond, uh, but I think a lot of what we see is more advocacy than it is when a resident picks up the phone and talks about that, that dog. And in my district, uh, you don't commonly find chips in dogs. Um, and when a dog is um, being cited by one of the municipalities, they say call Broward County. And Broward County policy is clear that that dog gets an opportunity to roam for three days to find, find his way back home. But I heard it just recently, last night at a, at a community meeting where the, the, the code officer said, you know, call Broward County. Well, they can't do anything about a Roman dog. But I want to just dig deeper uh, about other uh, wildlife animals that, uh, that uh, patrol or roam our neighborhoods and we're getting calls on, such as raccoons, possums, and, and um, the, uh, uh, the iguanas. And our policy deals with them, but they don't deal with chickens and roosters. Um, I'm not saying either way we, we, we work this out, we either have a policy or we don't, so I can just tell that caller when he calls that we, we, we don't govern roosters. Um, but I get 
countless amount of calls about this stuff, and I brought this up to staff uh, probably the first week I was here, and I'm not going to um, uh, let this go until we, as a commission, come together and decide what, what we want. So if your rooster is walking in my yard, uh, Commissioner Bogan, you must have a leash on. Call KFC. <laughs> That's who you call. KFC. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. And, and you saw the letter that, that, that went around about a, a particular water bill um, yes. that, that, I, that I got involved in, but these are the type of calls that I get. And this is in Oakland Park. Um, uh, so, but the city of Fort Lauderdale supplies the water, but they had a water policy back then for, since this is water conservation month, and you spoke about leaks. Well, we used to have a, a leak policy where they would credit back almost 75% of that money if you got the leak repaired and showed a bill from a professional. Well, upon my leaving the city, they changed that to two months of water bills. And you see situations like a $15,000 water bill. Two months is like 100 and something bucks or maybe 300 bucks. And this guy hadn't had a meter for a long time. And we were just trying to get the meter in to test to see if he had any further leaks from the new plumbing that was, that was put in. And a bunch of people came on board, but he still had a big chunk left, and I don't know how do we how, how do we deal with that um, when it's a leak and maybe it's something we need to address because a water bill of that magnitude could could, could wipe out a family. It definitely get with the administration on those items so they can get those answers for you. And obviously, if you have motion to discuss, as you can bring those. Uh, yeah, so that, I'm going to bring idea, a couple sure. of these up, but I just wanted to, for, uh, uh, us to think about it. Perfect. Thank you, Commissioner McKenzie. Commissioner Dean. Um, just wish everybody a happy holidays. I have a couple things, but I'm just going to leave it at one uh, because I'm sure everything else is going to be covered by other people as they speak on theirs. Tonight is Carl Springs Teen Political Forum, and uh, I'll participate again this year like I try to do every year to see the different schools throughout Northwest Broward and Coral Springs come together. I think this year it's probably more important than some of the other previous years with everything that's going on statewide and in the world. I mean, they usually come with amazing questions, uh, and I look forward. It's all student-run, student-led. I think I'm going to be on the panel with uh, Joe Scott, the supervisor of elections, most of the Coral Springs City Commission, a couple of the school board members. Our Tallahassee delegation is up in Tallahassee, but I, uh, I, I just think it's important to publicly recognize and thank them and the city of Coral Springs and their students up there for the hard work. Uh, that they do on this event. Uh, and, and second, I just want to give a shout out to the convention center team on the Sea Trade uh, conference that took place uh, over the last week. I had the, uh, the pleasure to go down to one of the events in the early evening, and it's the first time I've driven from, the from the, this government center to the convention center when a convention was like letting out. I couldn't believe how many people were there. I mean, it was packed, thousands and thousands of people just walking across the street there, visiting the local businesses, the local hotels, and the whole thing. So well done, uh, Visit Lauderdale, Stacy Ritter, and the uh, Convention Center team. Those are my comments. Thank you. Commissioner Rogers? Thank you, Mr. Mayor, and to my colleague, I'm gonna touch on that point again because I want to make sure our administrator got my point clearly. I made two points, security guards, and I also spoke to the earnings. You know, who qualifies in the discussion? 
who would qualify? What makes you qualify other than that you, you have lost a loved one or that person died? I'm saying not everyone makes the same salary and will have financial issues. We all give when a law enforcement officer, anyone passes or losing a, or lost a loved one. That's where I'm at. We all give when they die in the line of fire. I, I keep going back to that police officer that was on his um, bike and that palm came down and he's, he has lost his life. But does that mean he's so in need that we have to pay his mortgage and rent for that period of time, whatever we determine? I'm just asking that we look into that. What are the definition and who would qualify and why would you give to one and not the other, okay? Is there a need? So, Commissioner, you don't have to answer me right now. We can't talk, but I, I know I'm talking to staff right now because they're the ones that's gonna get everything that we have said, try to put it together, and bring it back to all of us. So I'm, I just wanted to add that, but I like the concept. I love the fact that we're trying to help those that will need us, especially when they die in the line of service. So I'm almost 95% there. Okay. So well, again, we'll see that item when it comes back. Exactly. I just and we'll be able to, because uh, I know it was merely focused on the motion, but we'll definitely see when it comes back. Okay. I'm good. And I'm, Commissioner Bogey, do you want to comment on that? Uh, uh, 10 seconds. Or just, okay. You may vote no. But I think the consensus, because nobody else said anything, was they're going to narrowly construe this uh, to not have security guards. And if somebody's making 150,000, someone's making, I, I'm not. This is not about how much they're making. If someone's making 80,000, 50,000, 70,000, if you're a law enforcement officer, and, and you know, and, and that's basically what I, I wasn't taking into account. That's going to be my thing. I'm not going to look at how much they're making. Okay, very good. Again, discussion for, for when the item comes back to us, but the administration is fully aware, and thank you, Commissioner Rogers, for sharing that. Okay, and I took an, the opportunity to go to Tallahassee for Children's Week. I love that I didn't go for Brow Days. I love hanging out with the children. They are future leaders, and they were able to share and learn about what we do and policy making, so we had an awesome time with our kids. Looking forward to this budget cycle and have been talking to staff. They don't know where I'm going yet with all the monies that we need to do some of the things that is so important to all of us here in Broward County. So I know we will all support it because it's all about Broward County. We're still waiting to share information about Cricket 2024 and all of that when my colleague was talking about um, trying to get across the street at the convention center just watch what will happen in Central Broward when you try to get across the street with 24,000 plus people visiting our area during that period of time for cricket, lovely cricket here in Broward County. So thank you very much. That's thank my you. comment this evening. Thank you, Commissioner. Senator Giller. Two very brief items. Number one, I wanted to wish uh, all those that will be observing them um, a uh, Rabbanan Mubarak, uh, good Passover and happy Easter, uh, at number one. And number two, I wish that my colleague, um, Commissioner Rogers, had not mentioned Tallahassee because I am doing everything I can to you try can, and... You, you, you can keep it. 
Yeah. You uh, can keep uh, it, Senator, if you I, wish. I just, Bring it. Right. Uh, okay. it, it, it's so <laughs> depressing. You'll make, you make a great governor. Just stick with the children. <laughs> what was the other two, second item, sir? That was it. Okay. And I don't want to talk Thank you, about Senator. Tallahassee. Thank you, it's Senator. Too depressing. Thank you, Senator. Commissioner Furr. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a couple of different things. First of all, happy holidays to everybody who's uh, celebrating and observing this next week. Um, Thursday, all of the cities met with regard to the um, solid waste. Yeah, an interlocal agreement has been dispersed. I want to thank County Attorney Nathaniel, Matt. They've done a yeoman's job on this, of, of, ma of making sure that the, all of the interests, I think, that were presented by this commission were included the safeguards, the guardrails, particularly, Senator Gallagher, I think you had mentioned <coughs> that things don't happen without a partnership. And that, you know, if we're not in agreement, there's no agreement. And that was put in there solidly. So I think that was very helpful. Thank you. Commissioner uh, Furr, yeah. thank you for your leadership. It's not over yet. I know, it, it's but not thank, over you. Yet. thank you. Um, so, it, so it is now going to every city for approval. Um, I will be going to almost every city as well and speaking at every city commission. Um, we have 30 cities who have signed up on the MOU. It would be great to see unanimity on this. If you all have any say so with your city commissions, do what you can. Because the, the difference is the cost. The more, pe the more people that are part of this, the lower the price is for every citizen in this county. So it is, that is the, the way to get this thing done. So the next, we, we've asked them to pass it by June 1st. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping for us to take a look at this um, in the first week of May. Good. And, uh, and then we'll get there. Um, I also want to thank Animal Care and County Administration. We had 40 dogs or more. Oh my gosh, what a mess. <coughs> but they, they really, are you gonna, you're gonna, I'll let you talk about it. But, but I want to thank them. They did a great job. What a, what a yeoman's job to get through that. Um, also had a chance to visit the Pembroke Pines and I want 911 ASAP. What a good group of people who are really yeah. giving it everything they got. Amazing folks. They are, they are saying that the money that we put in there to change the salaries is, is making a difference. Yeah. And it does seem like it. They're, they're saying they still need time because they've got people going through the um, training, all that kind of stuff. I was in there watching them while they're being trained. And we're lucky to have them. Yeah. It's a good group of people. It is. Um, one of my favorite days of the year is coming up, annual countdown to kindergarten. Uh, brings out about a thousand kids, all the ones who are going to kindergarten this year, uh, and what what all the different school board, county, early learning coalition, <coughs> children's services council helps make sure all these kids uh, get all, get there on the first day, and uh, and they're ready. So that's real good. And lastly, it's school librarian day. I couldn't let it go. All right. <laughs> Very That's good. All I Very good. Mayor Only, Only mayor librarian. Only mayor librarian. Exactly. Except that we have such a, lot a of proponent. Agents. We appreciate you. Solid waste and librarian. Right. That's it. Right. Okay. Vice mayor. Thank you. Except we have a lot of vacancies in librarians. Uh, yes, as a result of what's going on with our book banning and everything. So. Yeah, I don't want to get into Tallahassee either, Senator Geller, but I want to say one thing about what, what you said, Commissioner uh, Rogers. You know what? I wish that we could stick with children and think that they were doing the right thing up there for children. 
which they are not. The guardian ad litem program is having its own attacks this year on bills with bills. So, I mean, it's every it's everywhere. So I just you know it's not not a happy time. <laughs> and by the way, I have to just say for those of you who may not have read it, uh, Senator Lauren Book was arrested last night with Nikki Fried, demonstrating against mm -hmm. Senate Bill 300, which is the six-week ban on abortion. She was released about 11 o'clock last night, uh, and. Uh, it's, um, and, and was in committee this morning, just to let you know how, what <laughs> dedication, but how, how sad is that? that? That that's what we've come to, that people are legitimately sitting there singing songs and, 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 um, and, and protesting and they get arrested. So, right, shame on everybody that was involved with that. Um, anyway, I want to just say, do you know if the if the website is up yet? Um, Margaret said it, it might be up today. Um, it, yeah. Okay. I want to just tell you that um, I am so thrilled, and our, our communications department, Margaret Stapleton, is so wonderful. Um, we started a, a group with through the children through the coordinating council of Broward to deal with this whole issue about the redetermination of Medicaid patients who are going to be thrown off. Uh, actually, April first was the first day. And uh, uh, I, I got in touch with Margaret to let her know what we were doing and ask if the county could help. And she just dove in, I have to tell you. <clears throat> so we have our own uh, website. It's Medicaid.org, I mean, sorry, Broward.org slash Medicaid. Um, and um, basically, she has taken all the information that was put out there by DCF and, and others, providers, uh, and uh, coordinated into a uh, communications plan for Medicaid redetermination. Just to let you know um, that uh, we have, it's estimated about 63,000 recipients in Broward County that will receive a Medicaid redetermination notification. Uh, upon completion, it's estimated that about 13 to 15,000 people in Broward County may, long, may no longer be eligible for Medicaid. And so what this does is to give all, educate the people out there, it's with the school district, it's with the hospital districts, it's with everybody that touches the lives, particularly not only of children, but a lot of them are children who could possibly go on, on kid care, and there are other options as well. There's medically needy, there's the family, the federally qualified healthcare centers. So we're trying to get the information out there, but this is just an amazing thing that, uh, that our county is doing to participate in this collaboration. So I just want to say thank you to everybody involved there, and uh, it's going to be great to be a part of that. Um, I want to just say I also visited the 911 Center uh, in Pembroke Pines yesterday, and um, I want to just say Angie runs it. She's amazing. She's been around for 30 years. Oh, my goodness. She is just incredible. And I, I, I want to say, um, particularly because there has been some discussion about, you know, looking at other call centers. The, the, the level of, of knowledge and commitment there is not, to me, easily replaceable by a call center. These people have such a passion for what they're doing. And she mentioned that the money is working. It's been terrific. There's, I believe they have somewhere around a 3% uh, rate only of uh, vacancy now. And you know people are in training and everything, but it's it's just phenomenal. The one thing I would say is um, they're crowded there because it's a small facility. 
we need to get moving on fixing this so that we can put these people in a bigger place. The meditation room or, you know, where after you take, have a really bad call, say it's a drowning call or something, it's in the locker room. That's all they have. So unlike the Carl Springs one that I had visited that has its own, you know, meditation room and they are working though, I will tell you I'm so excited about their commitment to peer uh, counseling uh, because that's what our behavioral health coalition is really has, has done a terrific job getting providers there uh, and uh, in that area and everyone is recognizing the importance of having someone who's actually gone through the experience being your counselor and to get to, to give you peer counseling so that's going on there too so I was really impressed with that a couple of other quick things the uh, this uh, Saturday I was invited to participate to Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz did as well with me for uh, um, JetBlue has uh, something called Fly Like a Girl, <laughs> and it was wonderful. Uh, they, it's in the hangar at, uh, at the airport uh, with the JetBlue plane opened up. Uh, uh, Debbie and I are sitting in the engine, actually. <laughs> so there were a hundred girls there from the Boys and Girls Clubs, bro Big Brothers, Big Sisters, other kinds of organizations. It was absolutely fabulous. It's the first time that they've done it in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, the event gives, especially girls, there were a few guys, a few boys there, but especially girls, it gives them a chance to learn about aviation, the, the aviation industry, and kind of foster an interest in a career. And just to let you know that JetBlue has the highest percentage of women, of any airline, women hired. And they brought in people, uh, machinists and, and pilots. It was one, I, I thought she was a young, I thought she was a young girl, but she's been a pilot for 20 years. And, and I tell you, one thing we have to do is they have a five-year high school uh, in New York, and a lot of these young women uh, actually went through that five-year program and then went into the aviation industry. And here they are; they're still there. They love it. Uh, so I was really excited about that. And um, lastly, I just want to mention that I had stiff competition over here, but I happened uh, to be the, the one who won. But uh, the um, uh, the uh, um, our um, our task force for homelessness had their annual dinner. It's the first one in a while because of COVID, and gave out their awards. And uh, the official, elected official of the year, uh, I, I, as I said, I had tough competition. Beam Fur was on that list, uh, and uh, uh, a couple of others. Um, but uh, uh, I, I really appreciated um, the honor considering what the county, and that's the point I made in my remarks, the, the, the services, what we're doing uh, to expand our homeless services. And every single year we put more money in, we have more, more programs, so it was, it was. Um, uh, Mayor, I want to move for a recount on that vote. Uh, I, I, think, I think Commissioner Fur was, was scammed out of that. I, I want a recount. Okay, and I think that They lost by one. It, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm not giving up. So he's not giving up, and I, I'll, I'll vote for him next year. <laughs> okay. And uh, again, just uh, I think that. Uh, oh, and I just want to mention about about demonstrating because I don't know if you've all been watching the TV, but the people who are demonstrating are kids. They had a huge demonstration in Tennessee yesterday for the kids that were upset about the gun laws in Tennessee, and there were kids from elementary, middle, and high school uh, out there. All of them leaving their 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 classes and just going out to to I mean it just give, makes your it makes you feel good that there are uh, 
you know, people out there, and especially children who are our future, that are out there demonstrating about things like this. So that's it. Thank you. Um, just a, a good few items here. Um, number one, I want to thank everyone who attended Broward Days. I think it was a very successful trip. Um, I want to thank um, Devin, who helped us there, uh, really getting every one of us that were there to really advocate. I can't say lobby, advocate. Uh, and one of the items that we advocated that day was to take out the words or local when it came to local preference. And I'm excited to hear that yesterday that continues to be out of that, out of that bill. And so that was a great uh, opportunity for us to, to achieve that goal along with uh, our port. Um, the House representative that brought that forward, she did not mean it, it considered ports. It was more of reef issues outside. So uh, she was able to understand our position and, and made that change. So anytime we can do that as a team, uh, and I understand that uh, yesterday I understood that uh, Devin's leaving us, uh, which is uh, she's moving on to so she was uh, just a tremendous asset to us, and I want to thank her for her service publicly in Tallahassee for us. Uh, Congressman W. Washman Schultz called me yesterday. Good news is she was able to get funding again, several million dollars for our port, and also um, for our Sheridan Street overpass issue. Um, she wasn't able to get uh, what Dr. Rado needed. Not her fault, it was the Corps' fault that was not ready yet to get those funding so next year we will get those funding i spoke to dr rado this morning and she understands it very disappointed again so was the congresswoman very disappointed but unfortunately couldn't get there because of the core issue i know uh mr Perry, you're going to talk about two things animal care and also uh the term sheet for broward sheriff's office i want to thank our team uh, who worked diligently uh to meet that deadline with the barrett sheriff i want to thank sheriff tony and his team uh, I am very pleased. I think the board is very pleased. That was our goal, is to get there, and we got there on the term sheet and looking forward to that ILA at the end of the day for that. Uh, animal Care, again, thank you for your staff and everybody that worked hard, especially all those different agencies that you'll speak about. It was a great uh, time to come together and collaborate together and communicate together to be one community. Anyway, uh, congratulations to Bonnet House Museum for retaining their accreditation status. That was very, very good. The status is now valid for 10 years. Of the estimated 33 museums in the United States, less than 2,000 do receive that accreditation. So great achievement for Bonnet House. This past Tuesday, what was exciting to see our surtax really work. Wilt Manners had a nice ribbon cutting. I want to thank Gretchen Cassini and also their MAP team for making that little uh, area and our surtax work in Wilton Manors on 26th. And Earth Day is observed, of course, on uh, April the 22nd, but our parks and library divisions have several events and activities that are going throughout the month of April, so please check out Broward.org forward slash parks and Broward.org forward slash libraries for more information there. Again, happy holidays to everybody as well. I'm gonna move it on to our um, other folks. I'm gonna go with the county attorney do you have any other reports, sir? Uh, no reports other than to, uh, <laughs> I, I just learned, well, first of all, a great NTAA season. Congratulations yeah. to mm -hmm. you. Yes, and to UM. And Nova Southeastern. Bring it home. Uh, one of National champions for Division Two for basketball. Yep. And, and happy holidays, everyone. And see Thank you, you after this meeting in our. Yes, we're going to move on after this, but please be patient, commissioners. Uh, County Auditor, any, any words? 
Just happy holidays to everyone. Thank you, sir. I'll end up with uh, Ms. Superior on a couple of items before we move on to our closed session, but go so, ahead. So thank you. And, and yes, I know I see everyone antsy to get up, but I, I do want to share a couple of uh, pieces of really great news. So, uh, Mayor, as you shared, um, before we get to this uh, quick slideshow, I want to talk about um, the BSO term sheet. Um, you received an email from me last week when we um, got that signed. I do want to commend Michael Ruiz on my team. He worked tirelessly when I tell you anywhere and everywhere with uh, Colonel Yerena of BSO to, to uh, bring home that term sheet. We um, got a lot of things in there that the board, what, that you guys expressed was very important, including um, that 365-day expiration slash termination lead time. So should that um, contract ever or agreement ever expire, that there is that transition time built in. So, um, so there were a lot of heavy lifts there. We are real excited to bring that in for you. You guys got a copy of that. I'm happy to go through it. Michael is too, if you guys want to talk about that further. Um, Commissioner Bogan, I know you mentioned um, the email I sent. Thank you for, for mentioning that. The purpose of me um, sharing that was because um, of the 5K run slash walk that I will be walking, not running. But um, if you guys are interested, um, it's for a really great cause, um, and uh, there'll be a lot of folks. It's, uh, the Panthers are a big sponsor as well. It'll be out at FLL, FLA Live on Sunday, April 16th at 7 a.m., and so I sent you the, the sign-up information for that. And lastly, I have a brief presentation that Emily um, put together. I asked her to put something together for us because I really um, wanted to share with you all um, the, the great work that our team did and, and along with all the partners that we had. Um, Emily would be here today, um, but she has been asked by the United States uh, uh, Humane Society to be at a conference today um, to speak on national animal welfare. Um, on leadership. So she's being recognized nationally, and, and I thought that was worthy of sharing. Um, so as you guys um, had heard last week, um, on Wednesday we responded to a home um, uh, in uh, Dania Beach. Uh, it was initially a domestic violence uh, situation, and the owner um, of the home was arrested. That um, began kind of uh, the, the beginning of the end, for, for example, of, of that situation. Now, we have been engaged with that, with that home for quite some time, uh, but not, never have been able to gain access. The next day, um, 48 dogs were removed um, initially, um, and, and that was, we were assisted by BSO and that SVU unit. Um, the Humane Society came and, and helped us as well. Um, and then immediately we um, uh, engaged with other jurisdictional partners. Um, by the next day, we found another 15 dogs in the home. I'm going to show you a brief clip here in a minute so you'll get a sense of what was, what was uh, that situation was like. And it was a hoarding um, uh, situation, so it was quite uh, um, awful uh, environment. Um, by, by Saturday, all dogs had commitments. Uh, either from transfer partners or adopters, and um, animal care provided surgical intervention and continued media coverage. And, and obviously, in the middle of all of this, one dog actually went into labor. Um, <laughs> so there was a total of 64 dogs in one home. Um, and the happy news is there. Like I said, the dogs have all been placed. This is a slide that is very um, telling about our our community and those that are willing to help us. 
So we had a number of partners um, mm -hmm. that came to help, and so every single dog found a home. Um, in the middle of all that situation, as we started to respond, we were actually in the middle of, of doing some training out to plant and plantation in Coral Springs in their humane unit. Um, I'm going to show you, look at to that little video. So these were some of the dogs in the middle. No, no. So unfortunately, if you see this, this is actually even dogs going in behind walls inside the home. They were living behind walls. Um, it was a pretty awful situation. And I just wanted you guys to get a sense of what our team goes into on some of these situations and, and they just jumped right in yeah. to try to assist and, and make sure they make a good situation out of a bad um the next steps there you can see i'll make this available to you if you're interested but you know we continue to do our outreach with all of the municipalities we had a, a tremendous amount of uh, positive feedback from our municipalities um, in a special email and i spoke with the city manager of dania beach a couple of times um, really thanking our team and, and always being willing to be a partner to us. And so we're very grateful to that. I just wanted to share that. And finally, there's the happy uh, uh, slide with um, a lot of the pictures of our, our partners and adopters. And so I just really want to commend our team for an amazing job. So thank you. And thank you for uh, sitting with me through that. And Mon happy holidays. Hey, very, I know now we'll be. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Any I questions just, for Monica? Monica, I, I think you should submit that presentation and that update to the Florida Association of Counties. They're always asking for, you know, things that are done great by different, one of the 67 counties. I think you should submit that as something that was done, you know, so that good we, idea. we can get some good, positive public. All right, for, for, just put it on the record here, okay, that the public portion of today's meeting has concluded, and we are now going to room 430 for a closed security systems discussion as advertised in item agenda 45, and therefore this meeting is adjourned. We will not come back. Thank you.